Hello, Milwaukee Bucks fans. Welcome to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Stephen Dorff, and alongside me is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN. We're also on Facebook at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. Uh, obviously, last night the NBA draft concluded with the Milwaukee Bucks selecting Chris Livingston out of the University of Kentucky at pick fifty-eight, uh, but. The more exciting news, you could say, is that the front office actually made a trade with the Orlando Magic to acquire pick 36 and select Andre Jackson Jr. out of the reigning champions at the University of Connecticut. Uh, but before we you know, talk about all the draft stuff, all of our new Bucks draftees, we got to talk about the news that broke last night, Hirsch, with uh, Chris Middleton declining his player option at uh, $40 or $40 million for the 23-24 season. Uh, he's going to hit the free agent market as an unrestricted free agent. Are you like at all concerned? Do you think he might, you know, resign and take the pay cut that a lot of Bucks fans are hoping for? Where where do you stand on this uh, whole Chris Middleton deal? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've seen some reports recently about you know Chris is going to have some potential suitors in free agency. Um, you know, I've heard the Grizzlies be tossed around, the Kings, the uh, the Rockets, but yeah, I mean. If if we're just looking at at all things considered, it, it looks very likely that Chris will be resigning to a longer a longer deal or a, a longer length deal with more years, but uh, with hopefully less money. That's what it everything is seeming like is going to happen, and I think that is I think it's good for the Bucks. Um, you know, I definitely do think there is some risk in resigning an an older guy who's kind of you know declining on the defensive side of the ball but Chris is still a great scorer he's a great shooter he knows how to play next to Giannis he's got the chemistry with the entirety of the team um and I think he's one of the leaders of the team so yeah I mean I'm definitely hoping that they bring back Chris um I think you know I think at this point with what's going on in the NBA around you kind of just need to bring him back run it back and maybe add a couple of pieces throughout maybe small trade here or there, try to get, you know, maybe a younger wing. But yeah, I think Chris, I think Chris has got to be brought back on probably a three, four year deal worth between 25 and 30 million. Yeah. I mean, obviously right after the uh, playoffs, we saw a lot of, uh, you know, free agent buzz or trade buzz rather about, you know, potential Chris Middleton sign in trades and, I think that was more of just, you know, the excitement of right after the season, people want to jump right into the offseason type of stuff. But, you know, back in reality, it seems like, yes, the Bucs are hoping to sign Chris Middleton to a uh, cheaper deal in terms of annual salary, uh, but longer term, uh, longer three, four years, maybe. Uh, and they would do this so that we could actually maybe bring back a guy like Brooke Lopez as well. To kind of again, like you said, run it back with this uh, main four core of guys that we have, uh, especially with the new collective bargaining agreement. Hirsch, uh, I know you love to talk about that. Uh, how, I mean, how, what do the Bucks need to do to make that work to get Brooke and Chris back and essentially just run it back with this roster? Uh, maybe see what Marjan can do. A new coach. What, what what do we need to do though in free agency, Hirsch? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think. Looking at the numbers, uh, Chris and Brooke would have to – Chris would probably have to take somewhere between 25 and 30. 
and Brooke would have to probably take somewhere between 20 and 25 million uh, annually uh, to be able to fit under that second apron. Um, I believe if they add up to 50, if they, if their contract is around 50 million together, that we would have around 13.7 million under the second apron, which if the audience doesn't know what the second apron is, it basically is a new like hard cap in the collective in the new collective bargaining agreement that basically restricts you from a lot of different player movement. So trading draft picks, signing buyout guys on the buyout market, uh, stuff like that. You're not allowed to do that. Um, We're seeing teams like the Suns, teams like the Warriors, teams like the Clippers already be in that second apron. Um, And, and who knows about the Celtics with that Porzingis trade, if they end up uh, extending him, they would also be in that second apron. So it, it just, it, it limits your flexibility a ton by being in that second apron. And I think it is going to change a lot of the ways that these teams try to build their, uh, the rest of their roster. But yeah, I think we're going to have to, I think the Bucks are going to have to come out this, this free agency um, extremely cautiously, especially just because, you know, there, there's not that many op- great options out there for us to like go make a huge splash, I guess. So I, I definitely think that, you know, you got to bring back Chris. You got to bring back Brooke. Hopefully, Javon can come back and then we can get, we can maybe bring back a couple more guys on the minimum. I mean, you expect Thanasis to be back as well, just because of Giannis. But yeah, what are your kind of thoughts on what the Bucks should do this free agency? Yeah. Well, you just mentioned the word cautious. And I actually, I've actually heard, you know, a while, a couple weeks ago, a week ago, something like that, rumors of Colin Sexton trades. Uh, he's on the Utah Jazz right now. He's like 24, 25 years old. Doesn't really have a role there, being that they're a team in a complete rebuild. Uh, he's, you know, in the prime of his basketball age. He just put up 24 points a game two years ago. He's clearly, you know, that scores mentality. In college, he took on a team three on five. They call him the young bull. I mean, he he brings defensive intensity. He's exactly the type of player that I feel like would, you know, help a team like the Bucks. Is it something that we could realistically do? I don't know. That's, you know, kind of where where I'm questioning the whole Colin Sexton ideas or, you know, trades. Uh, you know, he's making, what, $17, $18 million a season right now. We have the people to trade and to make the salaries work. We could trade, you know, someone like Bobby and Pat or Bobby and... Grayson, you know, two of the three would maybe make that work. Do you think that's something that the Bucs would be interested in doing or even do you think that's something that could even happen? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely an interesting, you know, it's an interesting thought. I mean, I, I like the 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 youth being brought in there, and I think Colin Sexton would be a great addition to the team. Um, I'm just not sure how realistic that would be, and I'm I don't know how I guess I don't know. I don't think the Bucks front office is willing to trade Bobby Portis at this point. I, I just think he's too much of like a valued member of the team, um, especially with like locker room chemistry and the fact that he's like beloved by the fans. I just don't think he would get traded. But I could see Grayson for fully getting traded. I think Grayson, if anyone's going to get moved this offseason, it's going to be Grayson Allen. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm also a, a believer that nobody is untouchable besides Giannis on this team, really. Like nobody is truly untouchable besides Giannis. 
Uh, if And for the Jazz, I feel like this type of move could make sense. I mean, it would be a salary dump. Bobby Portis has one year left on his deal, or two, he has a couple years left on his deal, but it's cheaper than Colin Sexton. And then uh, Grayson Allen only has a year left. So if they were to take Grayson Allen, they'd save the save eight, $9 million, uh, be able to make uh, room for players that they're interested in. And then they'd be able to kind of just eat a guy like Bobby or if Bobby played there, had a bigger role, he would increase his trade value through production and maybe they could flip him again for more assets. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for the jazz, but yeah, like you said, it, it definitely would be uh, the complete opposite side of cautious for the Bucks in terms of what it could do to our locker room. Definitely. One guy I've seen a, a ton, a ton of reports actually since his recent move was uh, Tyus Jones. Who's now on the? I think he's. What he's on the? Yeah, he's on the Wizards now. But uh, people, I guess they don't think he's gonna stay there. I'm not sure what the Wizards are doing with that. But if Tyus Jones is available, I, I like him as like you know a backup point guard, especially if we can move a guy like Grayson and maybe just him, like just Grayson. I mean, some of these trades recently, I've been very surprised at you know the packages that are being put back in return. I think you know. A lot of people are like, oh, like the Bucs don't have assets. The Bucs don't have assets. We have nothing to give up. But a lot of these teams aren't giving up much. I mean, you see the Mavericks moving Davis Bertans, who most people thought was an immo- immovable contract just because of how, 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 like, what kind of player he is and the fact that he really doesn't even play. Um, and he was getting paid $17 million. And people were like, oh, that's that he's going to just rot on the Mavericks forever. But he, he gets moved in the draft. Porzingis gets moved for Marcus Smart and Tyus Jones. And then you see Bradley Beal getting moved for Landry Shaman and and an expiring Chris Paul deal. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely think the Bucs have, have some assets that can that can be moved. And I, I like Tyus Jones. What are your thoughts on Tyus Jones? Yeah, I mean, I think Tyus Jones is pretty interesting. Like, do you think he would essentially replace, like, Javon Carter for us? you think we'd just let Javon Carter walk? get whatever he wants in free agency from another team and then have Tyus Jones run the backup point guard behind Drew. Is that kind of what you're thinking with that? Maybe. Or, I mean, I've been hearing rumblings, at least on social media, that, you know, Tyus could start and then Drew could play the two, which is what he played his best basketball in in New Orleans. But I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No, yeah. I mean, I think that's super interesting. And, I mean, again, like we said earlier, we have a new coach, Adrian Griffin. I mean – stuff's going to change this year. So I think, I mean, I'm open to anything really. So in terms of shaking it up, I mean, we've seen what the the Celtics have just done. The Warriors making big, a splash trade for Chris Paul. I mean, we got to compete with, you know, these top dogs in the league and we clearly got to shake something up. Exit last year. So personally, I would not mind Drew being put back at the two yard, uh, at least offensively. I think it would take a load off of his shoulders having to be the main facilitator of the of you know the team and being the the point of attack defender. I think if we put him back at the two guard and just say, Drew, you know, get your buckets when they're open and play really, really good defense, kind of like what his role was back in uh New Orleans, and we and we can get that, you know, good defensive, but also good facilitating, just solid all-around point guard. A guy like Tyus Jones, maybe even a guy like Colin, like you were talking about, Colin Sexton. Uh, there's other guys out there too, Monty Morris, um, you know, other guys that are going to be available. So I, 
I don't I, I actually like the idea of moving Drew over to the two, taking some offensive responsibility off of his shoulders and you know, just just having him really focus on what what he's best at, which is that point of attack de- defense. Yeah, man, I mean, that's an interesting perspective on it for sure. I mean, I'm excited to see what the Bucks do in free agency. Uh, I'm excited to see if they make any trades. Uh, and I mean, next, I'm really excited to see what our two new rookies can do for us. So, with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with some Bucks rookie talk. And we're back on the Bucks and Six podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN. But Steve, we're gonna recap. You know that that draft last night. Bucks making a couple moves, like you mentioned, uh, keeping their fifty eighth pick and making that pick, but also trading up for that Magic pick at thirty six, which I know you're super excited about. Um, Andre Jackson Jr. out of UConn. He's an athletic young wing, super explosive. What, I know you're super excited, but what what are your thoughts on this guy? Yeah, I mean, so first off, let's just get this out of the way. He won the national championship uh, with UConn this year. And I mean, they were just destroying teams. Every team in their path, they just blew them out. So it, it was a dominant run. And I don't want to say led by him because it was a team effort. But this guy was like, he 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 was a crucial piece to it. And he was their facilitator. I mean, putting up, there were a couple games, you would have double digit assists. I mean, the big thing with this guy is that what I, what everyone is saying is that he has an excellent feel for the game. And I feel like, you know, from a development like perspective, that's one of the harder things to teach is just to like have a natural feel for basketball and how to play it. So he's coming into the league with that. I like that he's a junior out of college, so he's got some experience. I think that he can uh, help us win right out of the gate and still be like a, like a youthful presence on our roster. Uh, I mean, I think those are the biggest takeaways with him. I also want to mention though, uh, he's a super versatile defender and, uh, I know that people are, uh, some people are like, oh, well he can't shoot this and that. How is he going to fit with Giannis? And I get that concern, but that was in the Mike Budenholzer era that he wouldn't fit with Giannis. And we have a new coach in Adrian Griffin. So let's see how this guy can be utilized with a new coach, a a coach who played wing in the NBA, which is what I expect that Andre Jackson will play for us as more of like a, you know, a a playmaking wing. I think the potential with him is like sky high. Uh, I'm excited about it. Hirsch. I mean, I know I've just, I just went off, went on a little rampage about that, but what are you, what are you feeling about Andre Jackson? Yeah. You know, I'm super excited about him. Um, I got more excited after after we made the pick because then I started, you know, looking into him a little bit deeper and I started watching some of his college highlights. Um, what jumped off to me, though, honestly, wasn't his facilitating, which I'm glad you pointed it out, but it was his explosiveness. I mean, the fact that this guy's able to take two steps from the three point line and and throw down a super explosive dunk um, and the fact that, you know, he he was very very good at blocking shots in college uh and for a two slash three guard who's like what is he six seven six eight i I, yeah i just i just love the fact that he's able to you know get those chase down blocks he reminds me a lot of kind of like a shade and sharp uh type mold but i think he could but i think he could be a better defender um i i personally i really like the pick um, and I, I definitely think that I'm, I'm hoping that Adrian Griffin can play him, will play him, um, and Marjan Bochamp. I want to see both of them out there together. I think, you know, that explosiveness, that length, that defense, I think that could be real problematic for other teams. 
especially if that's just like part of the bench unit. Like I think having both those guys off the bench, they don't even need to be playing with the starters that much. I just think having both of them, you know, get minutes, develop and be ready come playoff time, if, especially if injuries occur, which I mean, we've seen happen. We've seen Chris go down. We've seen other guys go down. We've seen Giannis go down in the playoffs uh, twice now, one in that Hawks and once, once against the heat. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely like having the youth. I like having the depth. I think that's something we've both been, you know, advocating for is getting more young guys, getting more athletic, getting more explosive on the wing, uh, getting quicker. Cause I definitely think our team was, you know, aging, getting a little slower on the wings, you know, not having that same lateral quickness to be able to stay in front of guys. I think Andre Jackson is that. And so I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about the pick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think he's going to be able to help our offense as well. Like, especially in transition. That's another thing with him, him with Giannis in transition could be a match made in heaven. Uh, we're going to be able to score on the break like crazy uh, if this guy gets the playing time and is allowed to develop. And I think speaking of his development, uh, him being, you know, a, a playmaking wing guard type of guy who's, you know, known for being a defender, that's going to sit like him being mentored by Drew. I mean, that that could be uh, really, really good for this guy's development. Uh, if Drew, because I know Drew is uh, obviously he has games where he's shaky on offense, but he's still one of the best two-way guards in the NBA. So Drew can teach him a thing or two about offense and how to use that size and strength that Andre Jackson has. Andre Jackson is more explosive than Drew Holiday ever was. So I think that Drew could help teach him things that that he's going to need to be a great wing guard type of guy for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think in a perfect world, Marjan Bochamp and Andre Jackson are the two players that we needed last year to beat the heat and go on a finals run. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The young explosive wings. Definitely. I mean, I, I, yeah, I like the thought process and I mean, I like what you were talking about mentorship, but what, I mean, I think that Chris could offer some, you know, help to him as well. I mean, I feel like they're pretty similar sizes. I think, you know, Chris could kind of teach him how to, you know, get to your spots on the court more naturally. But I, I really like, yeah, you know, you were talking about his feel. I mean, when I was watching his highlights, he's getting, you know, he's in the right place at the right time, put back dunks, you know, getting really huge rebounds, uh, getting steals. He's just in the right spot. So, yeah, I'm really happy about the pick. Um and then, you know, we did make our we did make our draft pick at 58 as well. Uh, Chris Livingston, he's a 6'7 guard out of Kentucky. Uh, I know he's not very well known, but what, what are your thoughts on at least Chris Livingston coming to the boxes? Maybe, you know, a, a, a summer league preseason type of guy. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see if he makes the roster, but what are your, what are your thoughts on this selection? Yeah, no, I believe Chris Livingston was a guy who had a lot of hype coming out of high school being like a five-star recruit and all that. Um, And, you know, in college, he didn't get the play time that he uh, uh, would have maybe expected only getting 22 minutes a game. Uh, Didn't maybe get the role that he expected playing on uh, Kentucky, you know, John Calipari team. There's always a lot of, you know, quality talent that plays for those teams. So I think that he is going to have to come in with a chip on his shoulder. He was the last pick of the draft. Uh, he fell. I mean, yeah, you could say he really fell off from his high school time. So this guy's going to have to come in and really earn a spot for this team. And I think it's just a pick with a lot of upside. Cause like I said, it was the last pick of the draft. It's not like anybody's expecting this guy to come in and tear it up, but if he does, 
which I think he could. He's got the athletic frame for it. He's just got to work at it, and this guy could turn into a really impactful player for us. Yeah, and I mean, the Bucks front office has shown in the past that they're able to, you know, draft guys in the second round that are, you know, capable players. I mean, we saw Malcolm Brogdon win Rookie of the Year as a second-round draft pick for the Milwaukee Bucks. So, at, I mean, at pick 36, too. Last guy that we drafted at pick 36 turned into the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, now he's, like, being traded. Now he's being in uh, falling apart trades for Chris Dapps. So, <laughs> but... Yeah, no, I like the I like both picks. I'm definitely way more excited about Andre Jackson. Um, but yeah, I think Chris Livingston, you know, depending on if he can make the team, if he can, you know, provide some impact in summer league. I, I definitely am excited to watch summer league now, uh, in which I haven't in recent years just because of how, you know, this young Bucks team could look in the summer league with Chris Livingston, Andre Jackson, Marjan Bochamp still probably be in the summer league. Um, and then we got preseason too to see if these guys can, you know, make a push, kind of like AJ Green did last year, where he was able to make the team and at some points he was even playing in the playoffs. So I mean, I, I definitely think it's, you know, it's a good pick from for where the Bucks were. I mean, obviously, last pick of the draft, you just want to shoot your shot at someone who had who had talent. And yeah, I mean, if he was a high school prodigy, maybe he still can find his talent back. Um one guy I do want to mention, uh, obviously, we got another uh, national championship winner, uh, undrafted signing, Drew Timmy. Uh, I know a lot of people know about him just because of his time on Gonzaga. Um, but what are what are your thoughts on Drew Timmy being signed to the team? Do you think he'll make the team? Do you think it's just kind of like a, trying to fill a roster spot? Like, what, what are your thoughts on Drew Timmy? Because I know a lot of people like him from, you know, watching him in his in his March Madness days. Yeah, no, I mean, he's an electric college player. I mean, they signed him to a 10-day deal. So, I mean, I don't think it's anything to really, like, you know, get too deep into. But, yeah, I mean, I get something to keep your eye on. Maybe just think about uh, if he makes, yeah, if he plays well in summer league, maybe he's someone who could make the roster. But my number one focus with our, with our you know, youth at this point is is our you know new wing duo with marjan bochamp and andre jackson i'm really really excited for that i'm excited to see what they do in summer league preseason and the upcoming season definitely i mean i'm excited too i think we're both going to be locked into summer league which is something that you know we haven't seen in the past but that's going to be it for today's episode of the box and six podcast make sure to leave a like download subscribe and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Box and Six FFSN, and on Facebook at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Stephen Dorf, and let's go Bucks! <laughs>